0: Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name's Joseph Toscano. I'm hosting today's program, as I have over the last 40 years. So, you know, if you're still listening, you're very old or you're very young. Either one. If you wonder what Anarchy is all about, it comes from the word anarchos. Anarchos without rulers. It's a society without rulers. How do you create how do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power. That means you share power, possibly through direct democratic mechanisms, you hold wealth in common. It's inequalities in power and wealth, which give people and small cliques and minorities in society the ability to determine the future of billions. Simple, simple concept. As human beings, hopefully we've evolved to the position where we are actually able to look over after our own affairs. And to all those people who tell me consistently, Joe, 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 it's not possible because you believe in the goodness of human nature. A. Hey, no anarchist believes in the goodness of any other individual, including themselves. I'll tell you how it works. It's very simple. Now, when you put your faith in a ruler or a leader or some economic guru, that's when you believe in the goodness of human nature because you're putting your future in their hands. Anarchists understand that we all are born with feet of clay, We've all got that tail between our legs, those horns on our heads. And the best way to ensure that megalomaniacs like you and me never are able to exercise real authority by having our hands on the levers of power is by devolving power and sharing wealth. It's inequalities in power and wealth which create the chaos we currently find ourselves in. And those of us who think that some religious guru, some leader, some ruler, some supernatural being is going to resolve the issues that we face as human beings on a daily day basis, believes, obviously, in the goodness of human nature. We have no belief in the goodness of human nature. That's why we want to create a society where you break down hierarchies where individuals... Have minimal power to destroy other people's lives. So it's about equal power, equal access to wealth. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the community radio network. Well, that's the end of the philosophy section of the Anarchist World This Week. Now I've got you know, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a uh, what's his name? Oh, those shock-shock things. I'm going to do a shock-shock thing this morning, or today, this afternoon, this evening, whenever I'm broadcasting. I hate, with a passion, left-handed people. You know why? Because the Latin for left-hand is sinistra. You know what the word sinistra means? Evil. 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 centuries, these evil left-handed people have infiltrated our society and they've destroyed the world we know. That's why I fully support, 100% fully support, the federal government's agenda to give religious-based schools the power to legally discriminate to extend that power it's ridiculous isn't it I mean I can say I can say look sinistra left handed left handed people historically the spawn of the devil not to be trusted okay for centuries we had this garbage centuries people were discriminated against because they used their left hand now we've got the same garbage today you know You've got organisations which grow fat, fat, on taxpayers' dollars. The federal government provides 90... Sorry, 80% of the funding for religious-based schools in this country. 80% of the funding, and that's your money. And they've already got permission to discriminate in certain areas, but they want to extend that discrimination. Extraordinary. Just, it's, just, it's just as ludicrous as me saying left-handed people are somehow different. They're the spawn of the devil. They're sinister. They're evil. It's the same concept. To say because of somebody's sexual orientation or gender identity, or you'll like this one, relationship, they can't teach in a school that is funded... 80% by my dollars as a taxpayer and your dollars as a taxpayer. And if you don't think you pay taxes, you do pay taxes as a, in a GST. So you're all bloody taxpayers. Think about it. What audacity. Look, I don't care what they teach in their religious-based schools and who they employ and whether they look up each other's bum all day because that's what you know their God has told them is the, the right way to live. I don't care as long as they don't receive assent from the state to promote their view of the world and that's what I love about religious based organisations they love to discriminate because they have the answer they have God's ear they are the chosen ones Extraordinary, isn't it? Quite extraordinary. I mean, when you heard me start off this segment and say I hated left-handed people because they're the spawn of the devil because the word sinistra, the Latin, means evil, and that's where it came from initially, because they were different. Left-handed people were a minority, therefore they were treated with suspicion. You thought, this bloke's lost his marbles. Joe Toscano's finally lost the last marble he has in his, in his, in his diseased, ridden brain. Because that's how ridiculous this, this nation is. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. As I said before, you and I, we must be the biggest morons and idiots on planet Earth, if not the universe. I just find it so extraordinary. So extraordinary that every day we're fed garbage, intellectual garbage masquerading as news and analysis. And we hear the parrots, our parliamentary parrots, parrot the corporate mantra on a daily basis as if they elected them, not us. I'll give you an example. Now we all know that energy prices have gone up. We know that. You see it in your bill, every two months for your gas, every three months for your electricity, irrespective of whether you've got solar panels or not, it's gone up. Okay? Now we all know that the majority of of the energy production, distribution and sales system in this country is now privatised. The great bulk of it is privatised and those sections which are not privatised work within a privately regulated and run market. We know that. And in the old days where you had a state instrumentality which uh, produced electricity, distributed the electricity, sold the electricity, looked after the network, you had one player. And that player's major task was to provide an essential services service energy at a reasonable price for most of the people. Simple, simple mission statement. Today, you have private corporations which dominate the energy production market, whether it's solar, whether it's wind, whether it's coal-driven. Then you've got the distribution networks, which are owned and operated by privately private companies. Then you've got the sales network, which I'm sure you're all sick and tired of getting those calls every day telling you about the great deals that they have for you. So each and every one each and every one of those layers needs to make a buck. That's the essence of corporate capitalism. You need to make a buck. And the bigger buck, the bigger bang you get for your buck, the more admirers you attract and the more people invest in your product and the more dividends flow back to the upper echelons, the, you know, the major shareholders as or well as some of the minor shareholders. That's the essence. So obviously in a marketplace where essential services energy production, essential service energy production is dominated by an ideology, an economic ideology and a political ideology which needs to create ever-increasing profits for shareholders to keep shareholders happy and investing, it's obvious that the consumer, the people at the end of the line, get ripped off. Obvious. But this is where it gets really interesting. Well look some of us agree with that. Some of you may quibble around the edges. Now this is where it gets interesting. Now, the current government has realized there are such a bunch of intellectual geniuses that make you and me look like as make, look, make us look as if we've only got one non synapsing euro right? Electricity prices have gone up, energy prices have gone up. Oh. The electorate's not happy. Okay? The electorate's not happy. Oh, we need to do something to bring down energy prices. So, what are we going to do? We are going to increase fossil fuel production, we are going to increase CO2 emissions which will create a more difficult situation regarding climate as far as, our, as far as the farming community is concerned, as far as people in regional areas are concerned, as far as all Australians are confer- concerned, as natural disasters become a little bit more intense and drought and bushfires become an almost daily reality. And we see this around the country, although people dismiss it as a, you know, once-in-a-hundred-year drought, you know. So we get the government saying, well, we've got increased energy prices, which were a direct consequence of the Labor and Liberal governments, privatising at the state and and federal level, privatising essential services like energy production, distributions and sales... And then saying, the current government saying, the Morrison-led Liberal National Party saying, well, well, the only way to resolve this issue is to promote, encourage, support, subsidise, out-of-date technology which is causing irreparable harm to the planet and everybody, living thing on this planet, in order to bring down energy prices. Now, you know, I'm an idiot. Wouldn't it just be easier to just nationalise, make essential energy production a government responsibility, end the story, dropping prices, bang, bang, all over? Simple. No. We need to let the market decide, as if the market is some type of living, breathing organism like the planet Earth and it has the intellectual capacity to make decisions. How ridiculous. Listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, I know a lot of our listeners have... Been listening to us for many years, and you know that we've been involved in campaigns. We've initiated campaigns long before they were popular to abolish Australia Day, and it's getting a little bit of momentum lately. It's getting momentum, such momentum that even the government of the day is beginning a little bit concerned. Now, I've got some good news for people. Not much good news seems to filter out of the US of A, but uh, a number of major cities in the US of A. Have cancelled, ditched, replaced their Columbus Day celebrations, which are the the day which they celebrated when uh, Mister Christopher Columbus, in inverted commas, discovered the West Indies, with a Native American history and culture day. One of the biggest cities in the US of A, if not the biggest, you know, Los Angeles has joined the crew. No more Columbus Day celebrations in Los Angeles. We now have Native American History and Culture Day on the same day. Simple, isn't it? Just takes a bit of political will, a little bit of political courage. Easy, simple. Those who listen to this program know that what I'd like to see is the twentieth of January... The day that the Indigenous freedom fighters, Tuna and Mubuahina, were hung in 1842 for having the audacity to violently resist colonisation in Melbourne town and the surrounding regions were hung as National Indigenous Freedom Fighters Day. Six days before the 26th of January Invasion Day, Celebrate something positive. Celebrate the resistance, as the city of Los Angeles has done by ditching Columbus Day and replacing Native American History and Culture Day. Listen to the Atticus World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. I love living in Australia. It is so wonderful. I'm just so excited. Every morning I get up, I'm really excited. I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And don't tell me to leave because I was born here, okay, because nobody else will have me. All right? So why do I love it? Well, we had the International Panel on Climate Change put out a report, which the government's, our local government, our federal government's been holding on to for a few months. And the report says what? It's been saying for some time. If you want to reduce major impacts on the environment by human generated climate change, I'll replace, I'll say it again human generated climate change, and you want to keep the temperature increased to 1.5 degrees centigrade so that you'll have a little bit of impact on the environment, but not irreversible, well, then we need to make major changes, all right? We need to look at the role of fossil fuels in our country. We need to look at renewable energy sources, expanding renewable energy sources. And Australia's in an excellent situation to expand renewable energy sources. You know that and I know that. So you expect a little bit of leadership. You know that word, leadership? People encouraging people to do things in the right way, leadership. It expects a little bit of leadership from our political leaders, not rulers, but leaders. We'll give them that opportunity. To call themselves leaders. So when you get ministers getting up and saying, "Well, you know, it's only ninety-seven percent of the world's scientists who believe this. You can't. It's a belief system." It's not real. We need to continue to subsidise and push the coal industry. We need to create new coal-fired power, power stations. We need to remove uh, subsidies through the renewable energy sector. We need to forget about these uh, emissions, and like the United States of America, we need to leave the Paris Agreement, you know, all that. While they're fighting to get an energy policy, you think to yourself, excuse me... Are we back to the good old days when if you were left hand at Sinistera you are the spawn of the devil are we back to those days where it's all about belief I believe this and I believe that I believe that a little green man and a little green woman rule the universe hmm? I can believe anything I like but <laughs> is it real? Of course, it's not real. But at the end of the day, you get the government you deserve. Unlike the Chinese experiment or the North Korean experiment or the experiment in any other dictatorship around this planet, and there's many of them out there, we do have some limited choice in terms of choosing people to represent us. And if we allow the corporate-dominated media to set the political, social and cultural agenda on a daily basis and we believe the garbage that comes forth as you know, analysis or opinion or commentary or interpretation, then ultimately we deserve what we get. You reap what you sow. This is The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, a few places you can go and look at things, and I'll, look at, I'll talk about these in a minute. There's the Francesco Fantine page. I'll speak about that in a minute. Peter Norman Commemoration Committee page. We've got a, in the middle of Peter Norman week, which I will speak ad nauseum about in the next few minutes. Then we've got the Toscano for the Public Facebook page the uh, Anarchist Media Institute website, the Public Interest Before Corporate Interests uh, website and Facebook page. You can download the application form to join Public Interest Before Corporate Interests, Pipsi.net. You've got the uh, Public Housing, Everybody's Business Facebook page, Defend and Extend Public Housing Facebook page, and I'll do a much more extensive program next week about that campaign. And the uh, forthcoming Victorian state election and the role that public housing uh, plays in that. That'll be a major program uh, next week. And if you're wondering when the next uh, Defend and Extend public housing rally is on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, what's left of the steps is uh, three quarters have been taken over by hoardings. Uh, It's on uh, Wednesday, midday Wednesday, the 24th of October, on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, Spring Street in Melbourne. Now obviously if you've got a public housing dispute in your neck of Australia and you want to uh, send me some information about it, more than happy to talk about it because public housing is under attack everywhere around this country, most sectors around this country, the local government level, the state government level and the federal government level. And then we've got uh, so we've got the vig- so the things that are, we've got lined up here and again you can line up as many things as you like we've got the peter norman week which I'll, as i said before I'll speak about in about 5 minutes time and i'll speak extensively about that from the 14th on the 24th of october we have the public housing everybody's business defend and extend public housing rally on the steps of the victorian parliament house in spring street at midday on wednesday the 24th of october we have From the 14th to the 24th of November, a 10-day vigil coinciding, coinciding with the last 10 days of the Victorian state election campaign, where we will be occupying the steps of the Victorian Parliament to highlight the issue that we can resolve Victoria's and Australia's public housing issues by quarantining stamp duty revenue around the country for public housing. If you do that in Victoria, which raises six billion dollars a year in stamp duty revenue, which is a duty which is levied on the sale of a house, well, you could get rid of the waiting list in one year. You could house twenty. You could you could house a hundred thousand people in twenty five thousand spot purchased uh, apartments and units around the state. You could house one million Victorians within a decade. Simple, simple thing. And that's the what the campaign will be resolving about. Now, on the 11th of November, before the vigil, uh, some of us will be travelling, and you're welcome to come along to the Murchison Cemetery, which is in regional Victoria. Francesco Fantine, an anarchist who was murdered at an internment camp at Camp Lovedale, uh, outside Adelaide in South Australia in uh, 1942 and his bones lie in a crypt with the bones of other Italian internees and prisoners of war who died in Australian camps during the Second World War and every year the Italian community goes down there to pay the respects. We go down there to pay our respects to Francesco Fantine because nobody else is there for him. He was one of us. He died. He was murdered because of his, his uh, political activity. And we don't forget him. Uh, we get there about 9 a.m., have lunch, and then disappear once a year. Sunday the 11th of uh, November, which marks the 100th anniversary of the end of the war to end all wars, World War I. Come along. We'll talk more about that as we get closer to it. Then, as I said, we've got the 10-day vigil. And then on the 3rd of December, which is a Monday, we have the annual Australian Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations, which you hold from 4am to 10pm in the city of Ballarat. That's right. 18 hours of continuous uh, activity, 4am to 10pm on the city of Ballarat, Monday the 3rd of December, to which every listener around the globe, especially those in Australia, are welcome to attend. We start, we kick off the uh, celebrations or the commemorations at uh, Eureka Park at the corner of Eureka and Stull Street in Ballarat. You don't have to ring anybody, just turn up at 4am, and if you can't turn up at 4am over the next week or two, once we... uh, have finished Peter Norman Week activities. We'll put all that material up. Now, as I told you last week and the week before, every year we give out six Eureka Australia medals to activists, either living or dead, most of them unknown to the community, who've spent their lives promoting the struggle for egalitarian change, who spent their lives emulating the sentiments expressed in the Eureka Oath. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. We've had a number of nominations come in. We'd like some more. Nominations this year will close on the 31st of October. Now, I need a name contact point so we can contact the person involved if uh, they're chosen to receive an Australia Eureka Medal and a paragraph of two about why you should nominate them. It doesn't matter whether nobody's heard about them and that's the whole point of the Eureka Australia Medal. It's to recognise activists and you find that over and over and over and over again The people who initiate change are part of that movement for change, lead that change, that when that change becomes everyday reality, their contribution to that struggle is forgotten and those people who come at the uh, tail end in the institutions, you know, reap the glory. So we're here to give that glory back. And it doesn't matter if the person has died in the last few years, we do... And give out medals to families and friends posthumously so you can send me a note at post office box 20 parkville 3052 that's post office box 20 parkville 3052 And you, or you can email me at anarchist age at yahoo dot com I'm not going to take verbal nominations you need to put it on you know in some type of format, even at an extensive text will do on 0439 395 489, if you've, if you've forgotten how to use a uh, pen. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Tuscaro. I'm hosting today's programme. All right, let's look at the Peter Norman Week. Now, we had a very successful day yesterday, or the first day, I should say, of Peter Norman Week, the 9th of October. The 9th of October was declared Peter Norman Day at the funeral of Peter Norman, uh, which was held on the 9th of October 2006 here in uh, Melbourne. Now, for those of you who don't know who Peter Norman is, it's very simple. If you look at the, uh, the 25 iconic images of the 20th century... Or the first or the most fifty most significant images of the twentieth century. And we're talking about a hundred years. We're talking about over two hundred and ten nation states. If you look at significant images, images that have changed things, images that have challenged, images that have Highlight the horrors of a situation. Whether it's the most important 25, the most iconic 50, that picture of Mr Tommy Smith and Mr John Carlos and Peter Norman. On the Olympic dais, almost 50 years ago, on the 16th of October 1968 in Mexico City, continues to reverberate around the world because it encapsulated a year of protest around the globe. So you'll never see any other Australian seen in those 25 iconic pictures of the 20th century. Peter Norman is the only Australian you'll ever see in any of those pictures. And his statement, I will stand with you, continues to reverberate 50 years later so why is it important in an era of rising intolerance and we see this intolerance with the suggestion that we should change legislation to legitimise discrimination in this country and we've seen this intolerance in the way sections the South Sudanese, commu- South Sudanese community has been treated in this country. And the way Indigenous Australians have been marginalised and ostracised and continue to be marginalised and ostracised in this country, where we see that the Uluru Statement from the Heart pushed aside, buried, ignored... You begin to understand that during those intervening 50 years from 1968 to 2018, that simple five-word statement uttered by Peter Norman, I will stand with you, is such an important statement. Almost on the path to Eureka Oath. If you look closely at that picture, and you'll see it everywhere this week, you will see three men on an Olympic dais in a stadium that's not that full of spectators. Two, Tommy Smith and John Carlos have their hands up, their fists up in black gloves. And that was to symbolise what was happening in 68, not just in the US of A, but around the world, that struggle for equality. That struggle that everybody be treated equally. And if you look closely at the picture, you'll see Peter Norman with the silver medal around his neck with the badge, The Olympic Project for Human Rights. Over his heart, above the Australian kangaroo. And then when you look at the feet... And Mr Smith and Mr Carlos, you'll notice they are not wearing shoes. They've just got black socks on. And that was to highlight the economic exploitation of Afro-Americans and all other peoples of colour around the world. And when you look more closely at John Carlos, the bronze medalist, he has a black T-shirt hiding his UNR- United States flag and he has a long row of beads around his neck, and those beads signified the role that public lynchings had in the United States for, for decades had in keeping the uppity nigger down. This is an image which is laden with many meanings. And for 50 years, the Australian Athletics Association has paid no respect to the stand that Mr Norman took. And yesterday on the 9th of October 2018, things began to change. They have realised finally that the stand he took, that I will stand with you, is the essence of what competition is about, Olympic competition is about. It's about the best athlete shining through irrespective of their gender or sexual orientation, color of their skin, their nationality, their culture, their political beliefs. Now Mr. Norman had it he stood on that dice for 80 seconds. 80 seconds. let's count eighty seconds one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73 74 75 76 77 78 79 80 80 seconds a long long time if you count out each individual section second a very short time in a lifetime But for those 80 seconds, Mr Norman did what each and every one of the people listening to this program is able to do. And Peter Norman's strength doesn't lie in the fact that he ran the Mexico Olympics 200 metres in 20.06 seconds and it's still an australian record 50 years later and it's not because the, he's a great he was a great man although some people say he was a great man other people say he had feet of clay but he refused to walk away from a struggle that was not his struggle he made that decision that day that he would stand Smith and Carlos in the struggle for universal human rights. He may not have understood the lifelong consequences of that stand when he stood on that dais almost 50 years ago, but he made that decision. Each and every one of us in our lifetime, sometimes in a week, Will see situations which are unacceptable, where people are being humiliated, harassed, distressed because of their sexual orientation, their gender, their race, their nationality, their religious belief. And we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity. We can walk away or we can stand with them. Because it's not legislation that's going to change those inequalities. It's people like you and me who are willing to stand up and utter those words, I will stand with you. And the 9th of October to the 16th of October, the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee has organised a series of events to mark that day. And on the 9th of October the Australian Athletics Association finally welcomed their prodigal son back into the fold. They've done three things. One, they've acknowledged and will be supporting the 9th of October as Peter Norman Day and will get in that message across to all their affiliates that that day needs to be celebrated to highlight that stand, that I will stand with you. Two, they announced an award, a Peter Norman Human Rights Award for an athlete every year. And it only is an athlete, but also promotes the idea of human rights. And three, in partnership with the Victorian State Government, they will be building a statue outside Albert uh, Park Lake running track. Now, the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee th- thinks... We're happy with all that, but we want a little bit more. We want a significant interactive monument in the soon-to-be-redeveloped Melbourne City Square. Not a statue to Peter Norman, but an interactive monument to mark that moment, to allow each and every one of us as we pour out, out of that railway station to understand that we each and every one of us is responsible for our fellow human beings and we have a choice. We can walk away as most Australians have when it comes to the refugees on Manus Island and Nauru, the outrageous treatment you know meted out to these people or we can stand up and say I will stand with you and there are many such issues every day. To, to celebrate that, On Thursday night, the 11th of October, I'll be hosting a forum, a public forum, at the Coburg Library in Melbourne, starting at 7pm sharp, at the corner of Victoria and Louisa Street, Coburg. And I'd like to thank the uh, Moreland City Council for uh, inviting me to do one of these uh, talks. Now, if you want to guarantee yourself a seat, there's only 80 seats, I understand, you can register. You go to moorland.vic.gov.au, look at the Coburg Library section and uh, register, or you can turn up on the night. Now, a fellow, uh, I'm the convener of the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee, and a fellow committee member, Jay Lark, who had some personal association with Mr Norman, Will also be speaking on the night, but it is a it is a night of celebration. It is a it is a night of honouring a historic moment. So you're all welcome. And the more the merrier. Now if you're into athletics, Victorian Athletics on Saturday the thirteenth of October at two PM, two thirty PM. We'll be running the Women's 200m Peter Norman Classic. And at 4pm, the Men's 200m Peter Norman Classic at the Tom Kelly Athletics Track at 123 in George Street in Doncaster. And the main event, which I hope you can all come to, this is the type of event you only see once in a lifetime. It marks the 50th anniversary of that historic moment where Peter Norman said, I will stand with you. That's Tuesday, the 16th of October, from 4am to 4pm. It will be at the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church at 110 Grey Street, East Melbourne. You don't have to register. You need to turn up at 10am to grab a seat. There's a host of speakers, and I'll go through those speakers. It's about the human rights. It's a human rights summit, human rights, past, present, and the future. Program starts at 10 a.m. I'll be the, as the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee convener, I'll be the uh, MC. I'll make a few introductory comments. Caroline Briggs, Munorong elder, will do the Welcome to Country. And many of you will know Caroline. She has done many welcomes to country for the Tanamunay and Bohina commemoration uh, monument struggle over the years. She was our patron. Now, Janita Norman, Peter Norman, who's also who's a patron for the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee, and a Peter Norman's eldest daughter, will be speaking, followed by Sandry, Sandy Cadry, who's another patron of the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee and another daughter of Peter Norman. There'll be a, then there will be a pre-recorded keynote speaker, Dr John Carlos, USA bronze medalist at 1968 Mexico Olympics, and uh, he kindly sent us a pre-recorded note, which we will most likely also air on Thursday evening. Then the keynote speakers, we've got... Uh, Robert Di Costello, Australian former World Champion Marathon Runner and founder and director of the Indigenous Marathon Foundation. Lydia Forpe, the only Indigenous member for Northcote. I mean for the in the Victorian Parliament, the Greens member for Northcote, and the first woman I said the first woman Indigenous member of the Victorian Legislative Assembly. Then we've got Robert Starry criminal defence lawyer who uh, defended Julian Assange and Robert Starry has defended many, many difficult cases and if anybody knows anything about human rights, it's Mr Starry. Then we've got Tasneem Kopra, a consultant author and prominent uh, human rights activists and defender of social justice. Dr Jacob Rumbiak, the West Papua academic and political leader who has been in self-imposed exile in Australia after escaping as a political prisoner for 10 years in an Indonesian jail. The leading member of the uh, uh, the West Papua Independence Movement's our foreign minister. Then we've got a barrister and co-founder of the Human Rights Art and Films Festival, Evelyn Tadros, and Philip, Councillor Philip Lulu, from the City of Melbourne, Councillor. There's a pre-recorded keynote speech from Dr Andrew Lee and uh, he organised the federal parliamentary apology to Peter Norman's family in 2002. There'll be entertainment and lunch. Lunch will be provided by Sempari Catering, West Papa and Catering. Lunch will cost $12 per person. If you've got a bit of extra money, you can maybe buy lunch for somebody who hasn't got the $12. But uh, we're catering. And uh, we're under, under um, we have promised Sampari Catering that uh, all their food will be bought out, hopefully. We've got entertainment at lunchtime. We've got Megan Kimber, a singer songwriter, uh, hopefully, members of the Black Orchid String Band, West Papuan uh, Freedom Fighters uh, String Band, and Les Thomas, a well known Melbourne uh, singer songwriter and activist, who penned that uh, very well known song to and Hina, which he did specifically for that struggle. Then in the afternoon, we have a question and answer forum, which will mean there's a lot of participa- audience participation, so hopefully people don't disappear at 2pm, and the lunch is a long lunch, 12.30 to 2pm, and there's a QA and a forum, in which uh, Linda Forp, Lydia Ford, myself, Janita Norman, Jacob Rumbiak, Jacqueline Watts, another Melbourne city councillor, plus a few others will be on that forum. Then closing remarks by Janita Norman and myself. As I said, this will be a important day. We would love to fill up the church if you've got nothing to do on the day. It is a historic occasion. It marks the 50th anniversary, exactly to the day of that iconic image and that iconic stand which was taken by Peter Norman. And if you think I'm uh, saying this, look at it. Look up iconic images of the 20th century. Look for Australians. Look for an Australian image. And the only image you'll see of an Australian it is Peter Norman and uh, on the dais, Mexico Olympics, 1968. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It's almost worthwhile you coming across from interstate for the Human Rights Summit. Tuesday, the 16th of October, 10am to 4pm. You don't have to register, but you can go to the Peter Norman Facebook page if you want some further information. Just turn up on the day. No entry fee. The more, the merrier. Lunch, twelve dollars. It's up to you whether you pay the twelve bucks or not for lunch. And I'm sure somebody will buy you lunch if you can't afford it. Police to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on three Cr.org.au. That's three Cr.org.au. My name is Toscano. Next week we'll have a special programme, a keynote programme on public housing and the struggle for public housing in Victoria. Uh, with the uh, coming Victorian state election on the 24th of November. It's an important uh, time for us to look at that. Now, you can ring me on 0439 395 489. Don't forget, nominations close for Eureka Australia medals on the 31st of October. Don't forget the meeting in the Coburg Town Hall this Thursday night, 7pm, register, or just rock up the, uh, the day on the 16th of October, uh, Eureka Day, 3rd of December, the vigil, 14th to 24th of November, Francesco Fantine Day, 11th of November, 24th of January next year, more Bohina. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Remember, if you do nothing, nothing happens. If you do something, something happens. Think of yourself as a little pebble. And I hate to make a religious analogy. Throw that pebble in a pool, and watch those ripples. No pebble, no pool, no ripples. Join us, become an activist, change your life, change the world. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death, construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall this week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10 a.m. every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national, and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.